from a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Like Christmas, New Year's. I mean, everybody understands the holidays yeah. get crazy and it's fine. And listen, maybe there's going to be people who like in later years, like somehow find this and they just go back and listen to it. And unless they check the dates, they would have no idea we were off for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Maybe they're off a couple of weeks. Maybe they're off a whole couple years. <laughs> I don't know. Welcome to the LP, the Lighthouse Podcast. Um, still down here in the basement. It gets cozier and cozier. Yeah. Week to week. Really dress this place up. Super duper love it. It's like a, a mini theater slash office slash the walls are concrete and got some like... Um, anti, a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of hood, actually. It's not nearly as luxurious as it sounds. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're not here to talk about the dungeon basement. We're here to talk about um, the fact that it's a new year. Recording this on January the 9th, 2024, the first time since the new year we've recorded a podcast. So what better to talk about? Yeah, and I just um, thought that we could talk about like what New Year's looks like um, for us, and um, yeah, kind of go from there. Yeah, so on December 31st, I actually, that was um, a Sunday, the last Sunday that I had preached, and I don't like, other than Christmas or Easter, I don't like look at a holiday or like a national event or a time or a day or anything like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to preach a sermon based on like, you know, this normal secular holiday or event or something. Um, but I kind of saw fit to <laughs> preach on New Year um, just because of the idea of like goal planning and having a plan and having a purpose. Because when you look at scripture and you look at the redemptive plan of God, um, that's just it. It's a plan and it's it's a goal that um, you know God had to redeem us, fallen man, back to him. So when you look at a new year and you're like, oh, why do I need to set goals and plans and stuff like that? Well, we're made in the likeness of God and we want to act like him. And when Jesus came, he had a goal and he had a plan um, and he saw it through. So to just kind of develop that healthy habit of goal setting and, and planning and things like that. Well, and like there's a couple things um, that we do um, in the beginning of the year, which it's, what is the date? The ninth, And yeah, we haven't done this uh, yet, the but um, the start of the year was a little different for us this year. But some a couple of things that you and I do typically in the beginning of the year is we'll sit down and set like marriage goals mm -hmm. for the year, um, which is always fun. You know, like where do we see ourselves this time next year? Like what are some things we want to accomplish around the house this year? You know, what are some ways we want to grow in our marriage this year? Um, things like that. Um, and, uh, I do tend to set some personal goals, um, but I just think it's very um, funny. Like, I don't really know where New Year's resolutions came from. Maybe I'll look that up for our facts. But I just feel like New Year's resolutions kind of have this taboo about them. Um, well, yeah, because people normally flake out on them. Right. You know? But here's where I kind of want to touch on that for a minute. Because um, some of my goals that I had um, for this year um, were to be more present. Um, 
to be more present with the kids, be more present um, just with the family. Um, and also um, another goal that I had set was to be more intentional in the word, not only personally, but also with our kids, because we've been we've kind of fallen lax on that. Um, and here's what happened. Um, the new year hit, 2024 hit, and I hit a funk. And every once in a while, I just get in these funks, and um, I just, I don't get depressed, but I just, like, have depression symptoms, if that makes sense. Like, I have no motivation to do anything. Like, I don't really want to get out of bed. Like, I just have a really hard time. And um, I just, I it's like January 1st hit, and I got into one of those funks. And on top of that, I was sick. Um, and so those things just didn't happen like first week of the year and I already like my goals had flopped and while I was like frustrated about that I'm like listen I am not it's just not feasible for me to sit here and tell myself that if I don't hit these certain goals every single day that I'm failing it's not yeah because there's going to be days that it's just hard to get out of bed. Yeah. And there's going to be days that we just have so much going on during the day. Thursday, for example, Myra has school. We both have work. Um, right after school, I have play practice from 3.45 until um, 5.45. And then after play practice, you have band at 6. Myra has a basketball game at 6.30. There's just... There's going to be days like that where we are not going to have time to sit down and do a 20-minute devotion with our kids. We're yep. just not. And so I just want to tell you, like, to the people that are listening, set goals. It's so, so important to set goals. But also, you have to show yourself some grace. Yeah, don't let your losses define you. I mean, the greatest in everything have lost at least once. Yeah. At something or another. And that's just what it comes down to. And, like... I think it's so funny how that still applies today. I mean, if you read through, like, you know, most of the epistles, you read a lot of Paul's uh, letters, and he refers to, you know, athletics a lot. You know, he talks about boxing. He talks about running. He just talks about, you know, the Christian life as an athlete. It's the exact same thing today, you know. We want to win. We want so badly to win at everything that we do. And we should have that mindset, you know. Um, if you want to be great at something, which Scripture tells us, you know, to be great for the glory of God. And that's kind of a bunch of, you know, I don't know exactly what passage that is. That's, that's, that is the Christian lifestyle mashed into one thing, is just be the best Christian that you can be from God for God, right? Like to strive for that, the excellence of God. But also to have grace because we're not God, you know, and, and, and you want that and we need to strive for it. But And like at the end of the day, like my goal every year is just to do better than the year before. I yeah, want man, to 1%, grow. 1%, 1% better. I don't want to look back on January 9th, 2025 and be like, yep, I'm the same exact person I was on January 9th, 2024. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be goals like, and, and maybe you're a person that can say, I want to lose 100 pounds this year, you know, or like, I want to get my bank account savings up to this because I'm a terrible spender, you know, like, you might have the ability to have big goals. Um, 
your goals don't have to be big to be a goal. Um, you know, we've we've set big goals over the past decade of us being together that now some of our goals are a little bit smaller and we don't have these grand, lustrous goals of like, oh, I need to get here in a year because we've really been lackadaisical. We've been grinding for some time, so I think it was hard for really us to find, well, what's our goal? Something that is enormous, but... Um, on a metric scale, quite small is be more intentional with the kids, right? It's hard to measure that. It's hard to see well, that. Well, and just success. like a small goal that we have for this year or to paint um, our room and Carson's room, right? Yeah. Like those are goals yeah. that we have set to for finish this year. Like the side are, of our deck. Yeah. Like we are going, we have these goals, just simple stuff like that, that would literally take us one day to do it. We would just do it. Yeah. But we just haven't been intentional of just doing it. But it's been on our to do list. So like this year, we're going, going to get to this, get this, done. this, and this done. And it's just healthy to do those things because if not, I mean, time is just so evasive. And before you know it, five years has gone by and you've just been a Christian that spun your wheels and done nothing. And look, you're, you might say like, okay, I get it. You, you have this goal to finish your deck and paint your room. But now you're saying like have Christian goals. Like those are two totally different things. If you don't think for a minute I'm going to glorify God in both of those things, at least yeah. personally, like – Lord, thank you for making me physically able to paint this room by myself and giving me the the finances to be able to paint this. Thank you for giving me the house with a room that I can paint. You know, like there's multiple ways I can connect with the Lord through those seemingly, you know, um, simple, non-God-Christian-related tasks. Um, You know, so, well, as a Christian, how am I going to set some goals? And find ways to glorify God in everything that you do, in everything well, that you do. another thing that we like to do is kind of have a word for the year, right? Like pick a word, go after that word for the year. Um, and the word that I had felt laid on my heart for this year is apologetics. Now, that's weird for me because it's not my strong point. I am not great at that. Um, and it's not that I don't want to be. I just like... I'm one of those people that I've just always, faith is one of my um, spiritual gifts. I've always just believed because I believe. And when people are like, well, how can you believe that? Like, I just do. Like, I just have faith. Um, So that has been hard. But um, a little transparency here. Um, I randomly asked Myra the other day why she believed in God. I said, Myra, if someone at school asked you, Myra, why do you believe in God? What would you say? And her answer kind of killed me a little bit yeah she said um because i go to church and we know she knows more than that yeah i mean we know that she loves god and believes in god but when when scripture tells you always be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in you that is not a viable defense um and so obviously we showed her grace in that moment and it was fine but i'm like my eight-year-old doesn't know how to defend her faith yeah. Which seems so crazy because she's eight. So why would I expect her to know that? But the problem is that we live in a world today where at eight years old, you have to be able to defend your Well, faith. yeah. I mean, it, she can defend anything. If you ask an eight-year-old, why do you like Paw Patrol? Oh, they'll give you a rundown of why, like, Chase and Rubble and Marshall are the coolest characters ever, you know? Um, if you ask them why they like a certain song, they might be able to tell you because they like the words of the chorus. If they've listened at all, if you have discipled your children at all, if you have been intentional, and, and we have, just not to the aspect of helping her defend her faith, um, 
you got to ask those questions. You got to you got to be able to to tap into that. So if there's anyone else that is thinking about that with their children, I don't know how many of you actually have children that listen to this podcast, but small children anyway. I did buy a book called Indescribable. Is that what it's called? Yep, by, by Louis, Louis Giglio. Giglio. And it is an apologetics book for kids. Um, we did just start it today. It came in the mail today. But um, it has fantastic reviews. Um, and so I will keep you updated. But I do recommend it. it um, the purpose of it is supposed to be kind of explaining how science and um, Christianity kind of coincide together and how um, people, if they, you know, ask you questions, you can kind of have that defense. So, um, very cool. Um, anyway, one last thing that I wanted to bring up real quickly before we get to our facts. Um, it's kind of a big, big season for Lighthouse right now. Mm -hmm. And this is Lighthouse Podcast, so I feel um, prompted to discuss this. Um, this past weekend, we had the pleasure of meeting um perspective that's the word I'm looking for pastor and um so that was awesome it was really cool to get to know them um and the reason I wanted to bring that up is because so if they decide they want to move forward with it um then we will hold a business meeting and vote on that and I just want to encourage you as your sister in Christ that this is not something to just come into the meeting and vote on right like oh I remember how he preached on Sunday I want to vote this way or that way like this is the person that is going to be leading you and your family spiritually for the next who knows how long and Hopefully i say that years and years, it, and years. It, that's why yes and i don't say that like take this seriously because i don't want it no i'm not saying that i'm not persuading you one way or another i'm We're still not decided because it, pray yes because everybody needs to pray about it you know he needs to pray about it his family yes. needs to pray about it as a church we need to be praying about it so we just wanted to encourage you guys don't come into it blindly it's just like whenever we you know, told you guys over and over again, be praying about Oakville, be praying about Oakville. We have to make 100%. this vote, be praying about Oakville. It's the same thing. You should come to the Lord with all of your decisions. Absolutely. Take a do day of fasting. That? Not always, but we are asking you to please just go to the Lord in prayer and let him guide your decision. Let him guide your thoughts on that. And, um, yeah, so we just wanted to briefly mention that. Did you look up? I did. Okay, Here let's we go. hear it, because I have some facts, too. Apparently, it came from the ancient Babylonians, so we should oh. stop doing New Year's, because they were bad guys. <laughs> Shut up. They, they, I mean, they were God's instrument, but um, the ancient Babylonians are said to have been the first people to make New Year's resolutions some 4,000 years ago. They were also the first to hold recorded celebrations in honor of the New Year, though for them the year did not begin in January but mid-March when the crops were planted. During a massive 12-day religious festival known as Akitu, the Babylonians crowned a new king or reaffirmed their loyalty to the reigning king. Um, da 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 Julius Caesar also tinkered with the calendar and established January 1st as the beginning of a new year. I'm in 46 BC. Ba, ba, ba. For early Christians, the first day of the new year became a traditional occasion for thinking about one's past mistakes and resolving to do better. So there's kind of your resolutions. Um, John Wesley, the founder of Methodist um, Methodism, whatever you want to say, um, created the Covenant Renewal Service held on New Year's Eve or day. So, yeah, um, just another thing in the world that's been held for a long time that came from some sort of religious um, function. So there you go, and that's where New Year's came from. Yep. 
Well, my facts today are about an interesting animal that I didn't know existed until we read the our devotional today. The colorful mantis shrimp. Yeah, the colorful mantis shrimp. So those are that's what our facts are. Uh, there is a creature in the ocean called a man- colorful mantis shrimp. S- wild looking. Google it right this very second and go to images. It is quite insane. But here are some pretty cool facts. I think this might be your new favorite animal. I don't know, but let's see what we got here. All right. Fact number one. They... The mantis shrimp species are divided into two um, categories. Are you ready for those categories? Spearers or smashers, based on the types of claws they have and the tactics they use to kill their prey. All right. All right. Spearers have tiny appendages, spiny, not tiny, spiny appendages with barbed tips that are used to stab soft body prey, such as different types of worms and fish. Smashers have more developed club like appendages that are used to. Blugion? Bludgeon. Oh, I was like, geez, Louise, that's an intense word. Bludgeon and smash their prey to pieces. Mm. I bet you Tyson texts me and says, Blugion? Yeah. Okay, anyway. Number two. This one's this one's the one that's gonna get you. If if stabbing and smashing didn't wasn't the thing to get me. This is it. Are you ready? Fact number two. Do they play the drums? No, basically. Smashers can punch at the same velocity as a gunshot from a point two (laughs) two caliber rifle. Smasher mantis shrimp have two raptorial appendages called dactyl clubs on the front of its body that it uses to punch its prey. These fists are spring-loaded, able to accelerate from their body at over 50 miles per hour, delivering a force of over 1,500 newtons, enough to smash through crabs and clam shells. That is amazing. Yeah. A little bit ridiculous. I can't wait to talk about this at work tomorrow. Um, Hmm. And it by just the way, keeps getting crazier, by point, the way. Point two two is a, a twenty two, right? Oh, twenty two okay. caliber rifle. Well, I don't know anything about guns. My bad. It's okay. Just helping you out there. <laughs> so we got we got blue guions and okay, uh, point gets, two twos. Oh, <laughs> okay, it gets crazy. Are you ready? Fact number three. Their punch is so fast, it results in cavitation bubbles. Wow. This is a superheated bubble and a small flash of light, which for a split second also generates temperatures of four thousand. 400 little C, whatever that means, which is nearly as hot as the sun in surrounding water. What is happening with the mantis shrimp? When the bubbles collapse, they cause an intense shock wave, which is like a double punch and can stun, dismember, or kill prey instantly. Well, yeah, even if the the mantis shrimp misses the target. So it's got little grenade hands. Basically. I think we have a new shirt. While they are highly desired, grenade hand mantis shrimp. Don't put them in your aquariums because they can obviously punch holes in aquarium glass. <laughs> they have been known to attack their own reflection through the glass. Dude, the most savage beast in all. I bet it would punch a hole in a shark. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I want you this year to crush your sin with mantis <laughs> shrimp. I'm putting this in my sermon. Oh my goodness! Is my entire the, life is this has your been new favorite cha- animal? Yes, my <laughs> life has been changed. Please take those facts and screenshot them to me so I can share them with the congregation on Sunday. Okay, hang on. They are thought to have the most complex eyes in the animal kingdom. They have the most complex visual system ever discovered. They can see a special spiraling type of light called circulary polarized light that's not been documented in any other animal. 
They also have a structure in their eyes that's similar to technology found in DVD players, only much more advanced. Like optical lenses. Oh my gosh. How do they not go blind from their own sun punches? I don't know. All right, enough of this. Go Listen, do your own research on the mantis shrimp. Mantis shrimp can detect cancer cells with their eyes. And it would punch it right out of existence. They're older than dinosaurs. It just keeps getting cooler. Oh, they keep the same partner all their lives. Unless they accidentally punch it. (laughs) (laughs) Explode it. Oh. Mantis shrimp are eaten in Japanese, Vietnam, and Hawaiian cuisine. How could you eat one of them? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I bet they are delicious. That's all the facts I have for them. But I'm just saying, those were some of the coolest facts we've had in a while. I think that, yeah. So, um, thank goodness for Louis Giglio giving us a solid... Yeah. Thing there. All right. Well, All right. Well, on that note, good night, Mantis Shrimps. <laughs>